Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. We're talking about stewarding his abundance some more. Part of expansion is stewarding all of the blessings of God well. God wants you to have more. (laughs) That was lackluster. I'm excited about the more. And with the more comes the ability to steward it well, to manage it well, be a good manager. So I, um, just a quick recap. Do you have my little PowerPoint number four? I have been, I'm on these three topics of stewarding abundance. And right now we're on resources. And um, if you... Pam knows where the handouts are. If you need a handout today, they're over there on the wall. But today I want to talk about power and authority, authority and power, however you want to sum it up. Um, This is vitally important for those of you who want to be leaders. You know, God called me to train up leaders and so I'm not, I really don't talk to the non-leader people because everybody's a leader. Even if you don't know it, even if you don't want it. And I, I kind of want to dissect a little bit about um, power and authority to help us today. Um, I think a good question to ask ourselves is where does power and authority come from? You know, part of stewarding things well is understanding the source of things. You know, whenever the Bible talks about something as the head, it's the source. You know, just like when he says the man is the head of the woman, he's just the source. He's not the ruler of the woman. He's God took a rib out of Adam. I don't know if men or women decided that men should rule over them with an iron fist, but that wasn't really God's intention. It was just to indicate that that's the way he made woman. And so sometimes we have a skewed definitions of God. I've spent, I'm 60 years old and I've spent my life serving him. And most of my life has been spent rewriting definitions of God that were erroneous. And where did I get all those? I got them in church because I've been in church my whole life. I got them in society. And I I wanted to propose to you just a little scenario. One of the ways that I wanted to describe power and authority is through some stories of Jesus. He's the best model for humanity. Humanity is meant to look like Jesus on earth. And so... There's a story in Mark that Jesus was teaching and he taught a whole bunch of parables one day and he said, let's get in the boat and let's fly over (laughs) to another part of town. And this is what it said in Mark 4. It says that a tempest storm arose. And I love... 
here's Jesus' response. He stood up and he sternly rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be muzzled. And the wind died down as if it had grown weary. And there was at once a great calm and a perfect peacefulness. That word wind in the Greek means violent agitation or empty doctrine. And so any place that I have an erroneous thought about God, you know, the one that I hope you will embrace, it'll change your life, is that God does not create pain. God's incapable of creating destruction. He's a creator. He is, if you would just lock that in. We, d- we don't have that locked in, I promise. But any place that I don't believe that is an open door to believe that possibly God's creating harm. God doesn't create tornadoes. The, the earth needs rain to replenish itself, right? Yes. But anything bad in the storm, Jesus demonstrated what to do. And any place in my belief system that I believe that God is a God of destruction, it causes me to lose my ability to discern spirits. I know it's going to be a little over some of y'all's head, but just try to stay with me. And so think about examples where we are to impact the planet with my design, with my, the way that I know God is the way that I operate in the earth. And so if I think God is doing things, I will operate in the, in the earth with a way that isn't of him. And see, with everything that's going on in the earth, I've got to have discernment. I preached on this a few weeks ago, maybe months ago now, who knows. But discernment means I'm able to tell what spirit something is of. Now let me give you another fun story. You know, whenever John the Baptist came on the scene, listen, oh, just can I read this to you real quick? John 1, somewhere I have it. My 1700 scriptures. Listen to this. This is so good. I'm, I'm getting there. It says, In the beginning, the living expression was already there. Who's the living expression? Jesus. Jesus. The living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together face-to-face in the very beginning, and through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things. For nothing has existence apart from him. A fountain of life was in him, 
for his life is light for all humanity. And this light never fails to shine through darkness, light that darkness could not overcome. Suddenly, a man appeared who was sent from God, a messenger named John, for he came as a witness to point the way to the light of life and to help everyone believe. It's about what you believe because you live what you be, leave. John was not that light, but he came to show who is. For he was merely a messenger to speak the truth about the light. For the perfect light of truth was coming into the world and, shine, and would shine upon everyone. He entered into the world he created, yet the world was unaware. He came to the people he created, to those who should have received him, but they did not recognize him. But those who embraced him took hold of his name. And he gave authority to become the children of God. It tells you you need authority to be a son. I'm going to explain that more later. He was not born by the joining of human parents or from natural means or by man's desire, but he was born of God. And so the living expression became a man. And he lived among us, and we gazed upon his glory and the glory from the one and only who came from the Father, overflowing with tender mercy and truth. John announced the truth about him when he taught the people. He's the one. He's the one I've been telling you would come after me. Even though he ranks far above me because he existed before I was even born. And from the overflow of his fullness, we receive grace heaped upon more grace. Moses gave us the law, but Jesus unveils truth wrapped in tender mercy. We just put that in a song yesterday. Just saying no one will ever, no one ever before gazed upon the full splendor of God except his uniquely beloved son who is cherished by the father and close to his heart. That now that he has come to us, say us, us. he's unfolded the full explanation of who God truly is. Yes. Now, John was saying that. And if you go over to, I think it's in Luke let me see if I have it. In Luke 3. Now, what was going on in Luke 3 was that John the Baptist was baptizing. Because he was John the Baptist. That's what he did. And when G it says, when Jesus came... Y'all smile a little bit. This is good news. When Jesus came up on the ridge, John said, look... Because what did John see? Power or authority? Ding, 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 ding. He saw authority. And Jesus, Lenny went yesterday to a store. She's telling me this story. And I said, this is a great analogy for what I'm preaching today. She walked into the store and the lady said, look at your glasses. Look at your hair. 
But what she was really seeing was her authority and her power. Now, bugling a little bit. Because <laughs> she don't like to be put on display. But see, God made her to be on display with his glory. So she doesn't even have to think about it. And see, that's what John was saying. He was saying, look, everybody. He, he didn't have, Jesus didn't have the power of the Holy Spirit yet because it says right here, after he was baptized, it says the heavenly realm ripped open above him. And the Holy Spirit descended from heaven in the form of a dove and landed on him. That's when, it says, and it stayed with him the rest of his days. That's when he got power. See, I think I have a little slide for you. Yes. Where does power and authority come from? I think I have one. Yes. Your authority comes from saying yes to the mission. What's the mission? Let me read it to you. You need to know that too, don't you? Let's read it. 1 John 3. The reason the Son of God was revealed was to undo and destroy. Say undo and destroy. Say it again. The works of the devil. So what does that tell us? There were some works of the devil on planet earth. And so God sent his only son. What's the first work of the devil that he undid? Sin. What did he do with sin? He offered a free gift. That's what, that's what coming to Jesus is. It's just the door. It's the free gift of salvation, if I believe. If I believe what? That he's the son of God. Then I come into the door. Everything of the kingdom is beyond the door of Jesus. And so that's where I use my authority. I use my authority and my power to destroy the works of the devil. So the first work of the devil is sin. So here's what we do. We get saved. We ask Jesus into our heart. And then, oopsie-daisy. <laughs> we sin. Anybody ever sinned after they accepted Jesus? The entire world. You don't even get an extra card for that. But how long do I return to my sonship, my daughtership? Or do I need to regurgitate it with Jesus a little while? See, God made it possible to sin because he has a solution to sin. But I have to operate with him. See, when I operate with the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit lives in me, that's the power. Salvation came through grace. Grace is power. It's the power to choose rightly. And what does God reward? Rightly. Are you freezing? Yes, I have the air on. I can, I can adjust it. I wasn't sure if y'all were going to be cold or not. Yes, see, it's really cold in here. There you go. And so the mission, 
where why I would even need authority. When Jesus went, it says after he died on the cross, he went down to death, hell, and grave, and he what? He got the keys to the, to those kingdoms. So then I am rid of that torment because hell was never made for humans. It's a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing. And so the mission is to destroy the works of the enemy. That's Jesus's mission. If I accept Jesus, he's in my heart. That becomes my mission. And I need authority from God. Let's read a little bit more about authority. Matthew 28, it says, now what's, what's Matthew 28? Just a little review. It's the end of Jesus' days on earth. And he gathered his disciples together, and he said this, all authority of the universe has been given to me as a law of authority. Yes. Now, wherever you go, where are you going? You're living. That's what you're doing. If you're living, you're going. <laughs> wherever you go, Make disciples of all nations. What are nations? People. What's a disciple? Someone who follows after Jesus and does what Jesus did, does what Jesus said. That's called abiding. Right? Are you with me? This is what we're supposed to do. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. And never forget that I'm with you every day. Which one of those is harder? Sometimes I think we forget he's with us every day. He just threw that in as a bonus. Oh, by the way, don't forget. Because I do things different when I remember Jesus is with me. If Jesus came in form here. A human forming. We walked in and we all knew it was Jesus. We would respond. I promise. Your heart may be super hard today, but you would respond. He would penetrate the most hardened heart because the hardness comes from life being crappy. It didn't come from Jesus. So when he walks into the room, you would do the same thing as John. You'd say, look. And see, if I let him transform me, see, when you walk in the room, I see where you're supposed to have authority. Like I can see where Kristen's supposed to have authority. She walked in the room the first day and I saw it on her. I could go down the row of every single one of you in this room right now and the Holy Spirit would tell me where you are supposed to have authority on earth. Why? I can see it. Birds of a feather flock together. I can see that just like John said, he didn't have to be introduced, right? Jesus didn't have a sign, a little billboard. I am the son of God. Everywhere he went, that's what we would do. I am a prophet. Here I am. The authority is felt by the atmosphere. And so if my authority has a permeated belief of a lie or a fear, it is already toast. It's already no good. It's already 
been infiltrated. God's military. It's already been infiltrated by the enemy. And so it, it already eschews my discernment. So if I, let's go back to the weather analogy. If I know we need rain. And then I live in Oklahoma. And I think all storms are potentially tornadic. Have a tornado in them. Hidden in there somewhere. Just going to come out at any time. I was in the, I was in the May 1999 tornado. That was a powerful, that was an F5. It ripped the grass off the ground. Two blocks from my house. You know those big blue trash cans that we set out? They were up in the air flying in circles. Like, they're heavy, I think. It was a powerful wind. And see, when... There's something destructive I need to discern. This is going to be so important in this time frame in life. I have to discern what spirit that is to have authority over it. This is what we want to do. We want to go, all bad things go. Really, don't we? we? That's how much education we want in the supernatural. Listen, your dream life, you know, Cece... Oh my gosh, it's, she has the most incredible dream life. I'm just privileged to help her interpret them. She, had, she dreamed the word of the year again last night or the night before. And it's unknown to her. In the dream, it's a mystery. And see, if I don't have discernment, I'll write off the things I don't understand. I will... Put them in a the category of unknown. It's like the unknown soldier. Just out there. Nobody knows. But see, I am meant to know. I am meant to partner with him for the Holy Spirit to discern and speak to me so that he can lead me in life. That's where authority comes. The authority is what Jesus possesses. And what's in us? What's in believers? Jesus. My awareness of what I get in the package of Jesus is super important. You know, if you're friends with me, you just get stuff. I know a lot about houses. I can build you a house if you want it. I know a lot about plumbing, electrical. Sybil and I were working on some electrical at our house. And we had this electrician come one time and put some wires in, and he did a crazy thing. But see, with the package of us, we figured it out. So it was a winter day. See, when you have the package of Jesus, he helps you figure stuff out in life. So you can live from this other place, right? Not live from this place where, well, I live in Oklahoma. Tornadoes are just going to happen. I can do absolutely nothing about it. No, I can discern from the Holy Spirit, whether it's, whether it's a tornado, whether it's a person. Have you ever met somebody that was acting a fool? <laughs> Have you ever met a, I mean, I went to Haiti and there were demonic People there, people filled with the spirit of the, of the demon. 
But when I walked up to the platform and they came up, they, what we call, manifested. If you don't know your authority, that's scary. But see, what I have had to make that thing they had go away. See, we just want to not be involved with any of that. Right? But see, he made you to have this authority and he told you what to do. You've got to go make disciples. So it means you have to be one. You can't make something that you're not. You know, I'm a baker. Cece's not a baker. I'm a cooker. She's not a cooker. And so I say, let's whoop up this frittata for breakfast. And she's like, I'll just have a boiled egg. (laughs) Why? It's already done. She just has to crack it. Right? But I, what am I? I'm having an experience. Breakfast is an experience, right? We had, we had brunch the other day. It's an experience. And see, that's what Jesus is so relational. He wants even the hard things of life to become an experience with him. Have you got there at all to where you realize, oh my gosh, this isn't just, I have bad luck. When I met Pam, she said, I just have bad luck. I said, that doesn't exist. You don't just have bad luck. She had a belief system. She had a false belief about God that had permeated how she functioned. Just change that one little belief system. She turned from someone who was destined to have nervous breakdowns to an intercessor. That's authority. That's authority. I guess I got to turn it down a little bit more air. People are still freezing. There we go. Let's try that. So this word authority is in the Greek is excusia. That's how you say it, I believe. It's remember what it is. I've preached on it. It's the power of choice. That's. See, God loves us to own our choice. Do you understand? He is empowering us with the authority to choose whatever. What kind of fruit do you want? The Bible says you can know them by their fruits. Know them by their fruit. Know them by their fruit. Know them by their... Know who? Know the believer. Know the... Is the believer bearing fruit? You can know them by their fruit. If I have fruit of Teresa, you can see it. My lowest place bears fruit. Wherever I have the most fear. Have you ever had fear? You made a decision out of fear? I got what fear said I would get. My greatest fear is coming upon me. It has because you believed it. It permeated your belief system. And because you believed it, you acted on it, and eventually what happened? It came true, right? Let's look at Colossians 2. 
Colossians 2.10 says this. We are completely filled. Say completely filled. filled. With God. Who is? The believer. Completely filled with God. As Christ's fullness. Remember what I just read about the living expression. How many believe Jesus is, is full? He's just full of goodness. Right? Just full of goodness. Do you want the goodness? Christ's fullness overflows within us. Another thing. It's a river. It's overflowing. Remember, if I had a bottle and I filled it up with water, in the Bible, overflow, uh, full isn't just when it's up at the top. Full is when it overflows. When there's extra. That's, That's God. He's... He's he's just he's just extravagant in everything. Just look at those hairs on your head. We are completely filled. It says he's the head. What did I say head meant? Source. He's the source of every kingdom and authority in the universe. Again, talking about this universal authority. I propose to you that the reason we're not better at operating in his authority is because I think Chris Valton says it. I think I have a little slide there. Did you put that up there? Yeah. You can't be commissioned until you come into submission to the primary mission. Right? So what is commission? That was Matthew 28. Send you out. You're commissioned to go. You're a co with God. Say, I'm a co with God. Now, if I don't submit to this mission, what? To destroy the works of the devil. So that's why I can't act like there's no devil. God gave you all authority. He Remember, that's what I said. He went down and got the keys. When did we originally get the keys? In the garden. We lost the keys to the devil in the garden because what did he say? Did God really say that? He's still saying that one line. He doesn't even have any new lines. Did God really say not to sin? Did God really say? Did he really say? Because, you know, you've been hurt. You've been disappointed. Can't You know, did he really say that? Can't you just alter the whole God plan because of your experience? Listen, God is in the business of renewing and changing your mind every day. I Personally, I just want to just get it all changed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you, feel, you know when you feel that resistance? Are you feeling it right now? When you feel that resistance... That's something in you he wants to change. It's much easier to live like, oh, God brings destruction. God brings Mother Nature happened upon us. It's much easier to believe that than to operate in this freely given authority. I don't have to manage nothing. I just watch it all happen and say, God, he's a mean old guy, ain't he? He ain't relational. Look at it. He caused that pain in my life, caused that death, destruction. Well, if Jesus went and got the keys to death and destruction, who started it? The enemy. 
All you have to know is God is the creator. Creates, 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 creates. So if I don't yield my way, submit my way to this one mission, my authority will fail. And you know what it makes you do? Question God. Just question you. Just bring it on home. Get you a little mirror out. Bring it right back here. God says abundance, 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 purpose, 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 destiny, 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 field, 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 more, 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 uh, uh, love, 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 all. And we're like, I don't know. I don't know if I really like this plan. I want a different plan. But see, once I get in a habit of obeying, I realize all my smallness and orphanism and poverty was all right here. It was never him. And so when he comes to me and says, hey, you've let a little lie leaven the whole lump. If I was going to make you a cake and I said, I'm just going to put a little bit of Scout's dog poop in it. Just a little. Just a little. Does it ruin the whole cake? We should feel that way about our faith. God served up a pure product, and we just decide to leaven it a little bit with some fear or some skepticism or some shutdown emotion that I decide I get to keep. And then we wonder when he says, come into my house with thanksgiving. And I come in sloughing with dragging my legs and what are you going to, I don't really want to be here. Why I don't have an encounter. Because I've just leavened the whole experience with my poop. It always comes down to poop. Those who say yes to Jesus, number nine. Those who say yes to Jesus become the church, the ecclesia. The company of people who have been rescued from darkness and rescued ultimately from death. That's the invitation of Jesus. Don't act like it's some other invitation. You're going to die without him. She's saying about it this morning. Eternity. See, my eternity's set. I'm never going back. I may not be great at doing it, but I ain't never going back. I surrender all. I surrender all every day. I don't want any belief system. I don't want any lie, any fear, any thought, any way that I establish traditions in my life that are not him. So I want him to check them. See, because here's the thing. God is looking at the heart. So what I change in here, what I allow him to shift in my own heart. Trust me, I have been counseling for 35 years. I've heard every story and there's no story new. But I, I have seen people change and I've seen people stuck. And the one thing that separates the changed ones from the stuck ones 
is how stubborn that we are in our hearts. Why, God? Why, God, did you let that happen? He didn't. It wasn't him. But see, I stick it all on him, just like those post-it notes. God, 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 God. It, it's not true. You see, those who say yes to Jesus, and how often do you say yes? I personally say it a whole bunch of times a day. I'm becoming the church. It's not an event. It's not a building. It's a position of my heart. So when my heart is changed, my outside environment changes. I can tell whether your heart is changed by what you got going in your outside environment. You can't change that. And when God came and he saved us, he gave us this opportunity to be empowered. Let's look at power for a minute. In Acts 1. Now, I just told you the story about the wind that had to do with, what did I tell you that it had to do with? Oh, the violent agitation. Yeah. Or the empty doctrine. So think about that as a metaphor. I know you're probably hung up about the weather already, but <laughs> let's try not to get hung up there. Let's think about it as empty doctrine. Just winds. That's what it says that in this time period in life, there's just going to be winds of doctrine. Winds, I mean, if that ain't a testimony of what's going on in the political world, in the world at large, just whatever you want to be, just... Yeah, you want to be that? Yeah, be that? Yeah, you want to be that? Yeah, you want to do that? Just winds of doctrine is just blowing around. Winds of empty theology. That's a good reason to not have leavened my lump. Right? So that when I encounter somebody, see, when I encounter those people in Haiti, I had to know what they needed because they couldn't even speak English. So they weren't telling me. She didn't say I'm going to throw up in your hand. Right? She was desperate to be free. And when she saw me, she said, can you free me? That's all it was. That's all people were asking. Look at your glasses. Look at your hair. Look at your shirt. Look, 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 look. You have, I don't know what you have. Joy, this river of joy when you walk into the room. So you better be prepared when you walk into the room. You may not even be aware, but the glory is pulling. It's pulling on the hurt. It's pulling on what's not free. And so now Jesus is talking about it. This is Jesus talking in Acts 1. He says, John baptized you in water. But in a few days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So the only connotation they had was they saw John baptizing in water. And he says, this is what he said, The Father is the one 
who sets the fixed dates and the times their fulfillment. You are not even permitted to know the timing of all that he has prepared by his own authority. Quit trying to figure it out. Don't you, aren't you tired of just asking those stupid questions? The questions you know that are, God's not going to give you the answer to? Won't you try working with the answers you got? This is what he said, verse 8. But I promise you this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power. That's where we get the power from the Holy Spirit. You sometimes have to wait and seek and wait and seek and wait and seek. I was filled with the Spirit at 11. Speaking in tongues, I had an encounter. The power comes from the encounter. I'll never forget it. I remember where I was down here on 7th and Blackwater, in a little bitty round church named Bethel at the front. Brother Goza was there. He was a fiery little guy about this tall. And he said, You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I had 11-year-old understanding of what that meant. But I was seized with the power, and I never lost it. I never lost the power. And so, no matter what happens to me, I've got the power. I have the Holy Spirit. I've been seized. That's what he said. Because you're seized with this power, you'll be my messengers to all of the earth. See, it's my awareness of him that changes my interaction with you. If I'm only aware of me, then I just bring me to the table. But you see, it's those encounters See, I've had lots of encounters. I had an encounter this morning. Went into Cece's room and she never wore a brown shirt before. So we had to make sure it was okay, you know. She's a melon. This is brown. Is brown okay? I'm like, it's okay. It's an in color, right? And besides, she looks good in brown. Right? When she gets up here, we'll go and you can look and see. But she was playing a song that she and the worship team sang, I think, last week. And that moment I stepped into an encounter with what was being said, the sound on her, just on her little phone, wasn't even good sound. See, because the encounter feels us. I mean, I woke up today not feeling good, and I stepped into an encounter. I wasn't even trying for it. I wasn't like, let me run over there and have an encounter. I could have played that same song in my room. But see, it was just that moment where I needed the power. I needed a dose of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) I needed 
something to empower me. And see, it transcends how I feel, what I think, and it transcends everything because it alleviates my mind. I like this scripture that I wanted to read to you. It says that throughout history, Hebrews 1, God spoke to our ancestors by his prophets in many different ways. The revelation that he gave them was only a fragment at a time, building one truth upon another. First Corinthians, to preach the message of the cross seems like sheer nonsense to those who are in, in the way of destruction, to being destroyed, destroyed. But to us who are being saved, being saved, that's so good. Yes. It's the mighty power of God released within us. He says, this is what he said, I will dismantle the wisdom of the wise and I will invalidate the intelligence of scholars. So where is the wise philosopher who understands? Where is the expert scholar who comprehends? And where is the skilled debater of our time who can debate with God? Hasn't God demonstrated that the wisdom of this world system is utter foolishness for in his wisdom god designed that all the world's wisdom would be insufficient to lead people to the discovery of him all of the world's wisdom all of the little leaven all of that little lump all of humanity's philosophy are summed up in fear but all of God's wisdom is summed up in love. Yes. It says this, God took great delight in baffling the wisdom of the world. Oh, I love it when, when our intellect is messed up. I love it when we realize that we were raised in a system that wasn't even able to operate in the supernatural. And the super, supernatural is a superior realm. He was delighted in baffling the wisdom of the world by using the simplicity of preaching the story of the cross. The cross is the simplest message on the planet. God so loved. God so loved you. God so loved humanity that he made a plan. It doesn't matter that you understand the plan. It doesn't even matter that if you think there needed to be a plan. God so loved you that he made a plan to reach out and get you and restore you as a son, restore you as a daughter, and all your intellect and all your ways aren't enough to find this king. But he so loved that he gave his only son that whoever believes Whoever believes, whoever, it doesn't even matter if your belief is this tall because he actually planted within you the seed of faith to believe that much. Whoever believes that he is the son of God will be saved. Come on, Cece. so good, right? Yeah. 
Right. It's just delicious. Delicious. Almost as good as that turkey dinner. Just kidding. It's even better. Even better. You know, one thing that was um, struck me as Tisa was sharing this message is that, um, it's, which isn't a thought I have all the time, but a very common thought for me, but isn't it incredible that God wants to share his authority and power with us? I mean, there's all these other religions in the world, but I don't know of any that said, I want to make and create people in my own image and give them every aspect of me, not so that they can serve me, so they can be like me, so they can just be like me and be in relationship. We can be one. And so, um, you know, that the passion behind his intention in creating us and all that Jesus went through so that we could know him is just sort of overwhelming to me today. And I wanted to read something to you about this living expression that is, it's actually something I wrote back in uh, 2021 after having an encounter with the same verse about Jesus being the living expression and that being the beginning of creation. And I want, I think that it expresses his passion, the Father's passion, Jesus's passion, the Holy Spirit's passion for this authority and power is one aspect of his nature that he wants us to have. But it all comes from this place of want, him wanting to reveal all of himself to us. Like there's, this, he isn't a faraway God. He's not a distant God who wants to keep certain things to himself. He wants you to know the fullness of who he is, but not just know it. He wants to impress it upon you. It's, I got this image of it was like being, um, like, you know, if something is embossed, then it's been pressed again. So the imprint is left on what was embossed. And he wants to us to be like embossed with him, you know, to be so pressed into us. And so uh, you may know that this John 1 1 scripture says in the beginning, um, there was the word. A lot of translations use the word, and that's why we say Jesus is the word with a capital W. Living in the Passion Translation, it, it reads as the living expression. And the reason why the Passion Translation uses that terminology is because the Greek word logos, which is, can be translated as word, is actually more than just um, like a an alphabetic kind of terminology. It actually is a form of self-revealing. It's a message. So it's not just a word like you make sentences out of. It's a self-revealing. That is the logos. And this, uh, the Passion Translation includes a footnote that says, Jesus Christ is the eternal message, the creative word, and the living expression of God made visible. He is the divine self-expression of all that God is, contains and reveals in incarnated flesh. Just as we express ourselves in words, God has perfectly expressed himself in Christ. Jesus is God's story. And so, you know, these are these incredible messages that come out of this house can be really convicting and motivating in a lot of ways. But the ultimate thing that I, I pray that you would be moved by is hearing and feeling his heart to share himself with you, because that is ultimately the beginning of it all. And so this encounter I had was really revealing that depth of passion in the triune Godhead's heart when he created the whole world and he created mankind. 
And I'm just going to start reading what I wrote. I said, I see you there, the living expression, stretching the scroll open as wide as you can. You know, there's another portion of scripture that says Jesus was the only one worthy to open the scroll. And so is this imagery of he is opening the scroll for the first time ever. Okay, the first time he's opening the scroll. From the beginning of time, the start of it all, you stretched your arms wide to reveal to the vastness of all time and space the story in the heart of the Father. It's the story of the heart of the Father that Jesus expressed. As he said, let there be, you, Jesus, were the physical expression of all that he meant. You opened the scroll, allowing for the first time the heart of the Father to impress upon existence itself. As he said, let there be, you said, let them see. Let them see. Now, do you catch why? Why was that lady looking at Lenny? Why are people looking at them? Because that's what Jesus does. Jesus draws our attention. He says, let them see. Jesus is all about, look at me. Look at me because I am him. I am the full expression of the Father. You can see all of him when you look at me. Look at me. He wants, it's his design. So when we start attracting that kind of attention, it's because Jesus is living in us and alive and and breathing in us. So Jesus says, let them see, let them see, let them see, let all time and space and creation, all of existence, see the heart of this deity. Let them see, let it be known, let this heart of deity be known, let all that he is be impressed upon them. Let all that he is impact all time and space. Let his heart collide with all space, with all time, with all creation, with all mankind. It was the beginning, the start, the expression of his heart coming to collide with mankind. You knew the fullness of his plan, Jesus. You knew all that was behind this expression of his. You knew, you knew his intent of all would follow, you knew his intent of all that would follow this first step of all that was set in motion with those three simple words, let there be. You knew that you, the living expression, would be the manifestation of it all. You stretched your arms wide, holding the now open scroll in your hands. You stretched them far and wide to the full extent of their reach, and you thrust your chest forward as you did, knowing you'd give it all to express this one thing, to be the expression of deity to all space, to all time, to all mankind. You knew that there'd come a day when you'd stretch your arms out again. In this way, you knew that you'd recreate this moment that started it all, that you knew as you thrust your chest, your heart forward with a roar that the day would come when you'd model this expression in a body of flesh, that you'd be a display for us for all you stretched wide to express on that very first day that we'd see them stretched wide once again, reaching beyond what a body of flesh would allow, a visible display of how you'd opened the scrolls and cried out, let them see, let them know this deity, let them feel his heart up against their own. 
From that moment on, since the beginning, and in every moment of time, you've been stretching your arms wide, thrusting your chest forward to expose, to reveal, to extend the very heart of deity forward in invitation. The living expression, inviting all of creation to see, to know, to come close, no longer hidden, but fully exposed. The very heart of deity awaiting connection with those he loves most. Let all of history speak of this. Let all of history be seen as this one expression, this one invitation, Elohim himself inviting us to know, not in part, but the whole, the whole of who he is, open and fully exposed, awaiting the moment we respond in like kind, stretching our arms wide, extending our hearts forward for the connection of all time. The moment he dreamed of and had in mind from the beginning of time. History is his story, his heart impressed upon all time. From the moment light came to be to the moment you heard him whisper, you and me, he has raced through all time with his arms stretched wide. That is the passion behind all that Jesus did for us, all that, the, that God said, I will send my son with all authority, with my own authority. God the Father, who existed before all time and space, before creation, said, I'm going to make a world, I'm going to make mankind and give them my authority. I'm going to give them my authority and power. I mean, where have you ever heard of that before? I'm going to give them, and in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm going to create a, a fleshly Jesus, basically, to come to earth and model this authority and power, and I'm going to sacrifice him so that they can have full access that I always intended. This is a passionate God. This is a passionate God intent on you knowing him, intent on your very being being impressed by his own heart, and, and so that then you can model his love for others. So this authority and power comes from a place of, of a love encounter. The encounters that she talked about, the power comes from that when his heart has actually collided with your own and it, your heart becomes changed and shaped to be like his own, impressed with this God that is so passionate about you knowing him. He didn't have to do it that way, you know. He didn't have to. He chose it. He wants this. He wants you to know you. He wants you to know him. He wants you to walk and represent him on the earth and to, to reveal him just like Jesus did to other people. So, Papa, I just pray today that your passion would be received, that your passion would be felt, that, that people today would be hearing this message in a brand new way, that it's an invitation of the very Godhead who said, I want to share all of me. I will give all of my authority and power to mankind over this earth. I pray that they will hear that as a new invitation today in a brand new way. I pray that we would run to the encounters that we need with you to operate in your power and that we would recognize the true authority that was given to us by Jesus. 
and that we would discern in each moment of our life appropriately, that we wouldn't call that thing that we've known our entire life and the generation before us called it that thing and the generation before them called it that thing, but that we would be the ones to look at that thing and say, no, that ought not be. That is actually a demonic spirit. That is actually something that is against the heart of God. That is actually something that pushes people away from the heart of God. And I know that this God wants people to come close. That could be the easiest form of discernment. This God wants us to come close. He wants people to come close. So when we see something, we can judge it by that at the very simplest form. Does this draw people to God? Does this pull people to God? Does this show him these arms spread wide that he that he has opened his very self up to receive us? Does it express that or does it cause harm? Does it cause damage? Does it make people more like God or does it beat them down? So I pray that we will be filled with a new sense of awe and wonder and conviction for operating in true authority and power on the earth today. I pray that you'll make this message personal, Papa, that you will give people dreams and visions and conversations, billboards, advertisements, mail, whatever you need to do, just anything, piece of trash on the ground, whatever you need to do, you can speak through it. I pray that you will remind them of this message, that Holy Spirit, you will you will just ride on this word, on the sounds, on the worship today, all of it, that you will just impress the Father's heart on them in a brand new way. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you spend every single day searching the heart of the Father for what we don't know yet. And then you whisper it to us over and over and over again. What a generous, generous, tender, loving God you are. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We love you so much. We love you. We honor you today. We thank you, Jesus, that you spread your arms wide more than once and over and over again that you paid the ultimate price so that we could hear this message and it could ring true in our hearts today. We thank you, Papa, that you loved us so much that you revealed yourself in such a vulnerable and vulnerable way so that we could know you and be close to you and be family with you and that we could call you Abba, we could call you Father, and we could be your children. What a generous, generous God you are. So we love you, we love you, we love you today. We will praise you always, and we will carry your passion in our own hearts today as we go out from here. In your mighty name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.